You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Oh, the man from Uncle. That was the other one I was thinking of that came out. Oh, the man ago. from Uncle. I forgot he did that. That's the uh, name of a movie. Superman. Yeah, it was also the right. name of a Henry TV Cavill. show. Wait, which Superman? Tom Willing Superman or? No, no, Henry Cavill. Joel just said it. Oh, well. well Jesus. Who, okay. Who's that other Superman? <laughs> who are you talking about? I'm talking about Tom Willing. Who is Tom he Willing really? was from Smallville. Oh, Smallville. So I guess that, yeah. You know, so technically he wasn't actually Superman. Somebody he was said Clark Kent for like ten years. I don't <laughs> care how it just do it. Just say I never watched any of those uh, CW what? shows. I haven't seen oh, that. Joe, I haven't seen so Flash. Cool. No, I'm not saying so it's not about that. I, I just, w- shut up. <laughs> I just there's a limited amount of time, and uh, I, I I choose my TV. I get enough superheroes in movies. I just uh, I, don't, I don't know something. And I also don't feel like I'm the intended audience, just based on the rest of uh, CW's uh, demo. Is, that, is huh? that inaccurate? Yeah, it's pretty inaccurate. It is inaccurate. All right. Well, I know you like the supernatural. <laughs> Smallville's a pretty good show. Yeah? Supernatural, yeah. pretty good show. It it speaks to a lot of different a lot of different people. It's just that women are the most rabid when it comes to consuming it. Mm. That's why they always mm. got hot guys on there, huh? Well, not just that. I mean, dude, like I, I wrote about it this week on Facebook. I posted this thing. You wrote something uh, on Facebook? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. I haven't been on it in a while. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shots fired. Zinger. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> I did. I write. I engage with people on social media. That's good. Instead of instead of just on Twitter where it's like, these are my thoughts and I don't care about what you have to say. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too much back and forth. Oh, my God. No, uh, tell me about your Twitter post or your, your Facebook post. No, dude, never mind. Don't be like that. Come on. <laughs> no, never mind. It's Come done. on. It's we want to hear it. Test. No, you, I don't know. You ask him, Tess. You ask him. Joe? Yeah. What did your Facebook post say? Okay, so I posted this thing about when I went to the Supernatural convention. <laughs> oh, yeah? The dudes were like, they signed, I brought a book, and the dudes signed the book. And like, because it's such a habit, because it's mostly women that go to this thing, they'll sign their names and put like hearts or put like three X's, like kisses. Oh. And so like a couple of them did that when they signed my stuff. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I thought you were a girl. To, to Joe. So, <laughs> so there's this actor named Jim Beaver who plays uh, Bobby Singer in the show, and he was also oh, a sister yeah. actor. Uh, but he he signed it and put the three X's, and then like realized he did it and looked at me, and he was like, "Well, usually it's women that come in here." Shut up, Adam. <laughs> He's like, "Usually there's women," and so he crossed them out. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, and then there was another actor named Mark Shepard who did the same thing, caught himself after he did it, and then he just looked at me and winked, and he's like, I'm okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's – I mean, obviously the fandom is far more female-oriented, but uh, I I love it. I think it's good good science fiction storytelling. It's it's fun stuff, fun characters. Good. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm missing out sometimes. Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you feel like (laughs) – And then I just continue to go on with my life. 
while you're making us watch like the Polar Express in a desert. Like you would have made us watch three movies about trains. <laughs> like you trying to tell us. Snowpiercer. You keep making us watch movies about trains. What was the third trains, one, Joe? What was the third one? I don't know. I'm sure there was one with the train. There probably no. Yeah, we had Snowpiercer. I don't think we've done Polar Express, but hey, stay tuned later this year if we're still having a oh. Christmas. If there is to be a Christmas in 2020, Polar Express is. Uh, <laughs> Pulling into the station, you know what I'm saying? From, yeah, oh my god! <laughs> Overheard in Joel's bedroom on honeymoon night. <laughs> choo choo! <laughs> Polar Express is uh, pulling into the station. Call me conductor. Oh no, conductor! That was <laughs> wait. That's that's from my <laughs> script. <you know? laughs> that is, isn't you just, it? You referenced my unreleased Lone Ranger script. Spoiler alert! Oh, audience, you may be asking yourself what a transformer has to do with the Lone Ranger. And the answer would be they're both in Joe's script. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, cool. So are you recording? or have I have been get... recording, and I will continue to record. Oh, that's awesome. Great. So anybody do anything fun over the weekend? Go see any movies? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? Alamo Drafthouse now just today launched their uh, online service. You see that? Where you can... Signed up for it already. Did you already? Good for oh. you. I don't yeah, really want to yeah. see any of the movies that they have there. Well, maybe for Parasite, uh, but you know, I, I feel like that train has left the station. No pun intended. But um, they, they do have, uh, yeah, Slumdog Millionaire's got a train in it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Coming soon. Oh yeah. But I do want to support them somehow, Alamo, because uh, I appreciate what they're doing. And I, man, I miss it. I, I I so miss it, dude. You know what? I think it's really cool that um, like they're given the all clear. Like you guys can open up, but up to twenty five percent, and they're like, no, we're good. Well, how is that going to work? It's going to cost us more just to operate. How exactly? Yeah, you're not getting your, your profit, so it doesn't make sense. And also, it doesn't make sense logistically. How do you just like one person in a movie theater with me is enough? Like that's that's one yeah. too many already at this point in time. So like I don't care. Sorry, if Jenner. Twenty five. <laughs> exactly. So you'll have to. I'll stream it from my phone, and you can sit here on the couch and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pop some popcorn for you before I leave. Oh my god! But, dude. Uh, no, yeah, it's too soon. So, you guys see anything? You watch any? Oh yeah, uh, that's where this started. Um, what did we see, sweetie? What was it? Oh, the Sting. That's right. I don't know if I mentioned it last week. We um, with the Marvin Hamlish score, the Sting. Yes, with uh, with uh, Robert Redford. With Robert Redford. And Paul Newman came out in 1973, mm-hmm. but set in the 1930s. Huh. But when I saw it's it when I was a kid, film. it's a fantastic. Yeah, it's one, one best picture of the year. The year it came out. One of my mom's oh, wow. favorites, so it was always kind of special to me dun, in that dun, way. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. I used to know how to play it on the keyboard. Okay. Was actually, no clue what we're singing. No clue. <laughs> He's trying to scat over it. <laughs> that movie came out like 30 years before he was born. <laughs> I think I heard that on an ice cream truck once. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly the song. Being played I was like, man, these truck. guys really like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it's true. <laughs> but it's true. Man. Uh, what about you, Tess? Do you see anything? Anything fun? Oh, yeah, man. I started going down and started watching a bunch of Tarantino you films. started again. going down on who? A bunch of Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. I, I started going down the Tarantino Avenue and watching a bunch of his films. See, Joe? Yeah. Other people do it. Yeah, they're amazing. I started off with, uh, with, with my favorite, Django Unchained. Oh, of course. <laughs> Surprising yeah. no one. That's I your start- favorite. Oh, it's, a, it's an amazing movie. It's an it amazing movie. Until Honestly, the last 10 minutes. The last scene's a little no 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 spoiler alert. Jenna's sitting here. She hasn't. That's the one that she hasn't seen. She hasn't uh, seen that. One. No no. I, we'll, we'll have to do it. That next. one's that one's amazing. I, remember, I I was watching it again and I was just like, oh my god, Tarantino. He really did it with this one. This is an amazing film. It's beautiful. The dialogue. It's hilarious. It's Dude, Sam Jackson. It's Sam Jackson oh. in that movie is just insane. Oh my! Everybody in that movie is insane. But, like he he's Leo insane. Sam Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Specifically Sam Specifically Sam. Like, the fact that every time you see him, it's this, like, close close pan up into his face. Yeah. Just... It is not a good look for him with those sideburns. Oh, oh, no, it's not. But see, and see, and after watching that, that made, me, that made me start thinking about The Hateful Eight. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Yes, as well. I have. Oh, my God. See, and I, I, that, one's a, that one's a great movie, too. And uh, But it's, it, to me, it's kind of like Django just older when you think about it a little bit. <laughs> it's a sequel. Cause yeah, cause Django, cause Django is set before the Civil War, and, and the Hateful Eight is after the Civil War, mm. so it's like it kind of could be in a way. But I mean, it's different, definitely. But they're both ridiculous ass movies, and definitely Tarantino. I gotta put that one. Bloody. I was less impressed with the Hateful Eight. It's definitely in my the bottom half of uh, his films for me. Yeah. It's very, it's very talky, and I mean, like the first twenty, the first like twenty thirty minutes is them in the carriage ride, like just trying to get to the, uh, <laughs> try, just trying to get to minis, like the first because they meet uh, Sam Jackson, and then eventually they get there and get uh, the sheriff uh, Maddox. Mm-hmm. I forget his, I forget his name in real life, but I love that actor because uh, Tarantino doesn't know how to edit himself. True, <laughs> very true. He loves his words. He oh yeah, loves he, his words. He lets himself go, man. He just lets it. Go. It sets up so much of the story. I don't I love it, but I don't mind the talking so much, and I, I I love his dialogue, and even in that one's got some some nice uh, exchanges. It's just that um, the consequences weren't uh, as dire, or like the the story itself. He was he he told it in a very epic way, but I don't think mm-hmm. the story was deserving of the. Epic it, didn't, it didn't merit that presentation. Okay. Uh, I keep coming back to like uh, Death Proof. Yeah, about a, a great example of how Tarantino doesn't want to edit himself. In Death Proof, you start with like these girls and they're talking at a restaurant at a table, and they get to know you know they then they meet up with Kurt Russell. But like, there's this whole like Reservoir Dogs camera oh, yeah. going around the table, mm-hmm. kind of talk or whatever, and then like mm-hmm. it goes through, and Kurt Russell gets the girl in his car, and then they crash, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and then, like it happens all over again. Yes, with another set of girls, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Zoe Bell, and like we have all these women, and they're sitting around a table having a talk. And it's like we mm. just did this. Yes. We did this ten minutes ago. Like, come on, let's move on with the story. That's why, if if you've ever seen the Grindhouse films, uh, mm. Tess, Planet Terror is so much better. It is than, than Death Proof. Yeah, see, I've never see. I've never even seen Death Proof, so I'm gonna wow. have to check. Yeah, I. It's funny because I just I just started watching uh Kill, the Kill Bill uh, version one right before we started recording. So Wait good. for the first oh, time. So I forgot. I forgot that like oh. Vivica Fox and her start off like 
almost immediately. Oh yeah, like, basically immediately. Yeah. Like, oh my god. That That's might be. Film. That might be my. F- eh, Pulp Fiction is still up there, but Pulp Fiction is starting to feel a little dated. But uh, it yeah, is. That might be my yeah. my favorite Tarantino movie. Dude, over here yeah, Kill Bill Volume One. I, I absolutely agree. I think that one is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's your favorite so far, Tess? Besides Django. Um, after Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Oh shit! Strike that. Inglorious Bastards is my yeah. favorite. Then Kill oh, Bill. Ma- then Pulp Fiction. Amazing. Brad Pitt in that movie. Mwah. Oh my <laughs> god! Amazing. Buongiorno. <laughs> Lieutenant Aldo Rain. I want my scalps. I'm in the building. I'm in the business of killing Nazis. <laughs> and business is a booming. Love it. I heard you're amateur. We're here to ask you if you want to go pro. <laughs> we just what we need to do is just have you reenact all the Oscar performances every year. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, we should. We should. That'd be amazing. Me and um, Paris. Guess who's reading the oh nominees on the Eddie Awards next year? Move over, Lauren. Here's there's a new voice in town. Parasite. Oh no! Don't do that. Don't do that. Lauren likes that job. <laughs> All right, Joe. What about so, you? Yeah, you? No, no, keep, keep Lauren. His voice is so much you better. You know what? I, I haven't. It. I haven't really watched anything new. Uh, I've been doing a lot of video gaming. Ooh, um, what you playing? I've uh, mm. I've been playing a little bit of the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is um so good. Yeah. Uh, and then I've also started in on Final Fantasy XIV, the online game. <laughs> you just what, <laughs> what's so funny about that? Just, it's like you're only playing the Final Fantasy games that are multiples of seven. Exactly. <laughs> That's like the Star Trek thing. If you yes, every right. seventh one is a is a good film. And you can't play another one until Final Fantasy twenty one comes out. <laughs> very close. We're getting very close. Yes, we are. No. Oh my uh, god. So, so I'm playing those, um, and I've been playing the division on Xbox One. Uh, yeah, just trying to get some some video gaming in while we're uh, st- yeah. stuck in quarantine. We finally finished Here that Tomb Raider game, by the way, which was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, mm, ready cool. to kick into part two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. That's right. Yeah. You were playing the first one. Finally beat it. It, it did. It Good. did have an end. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> it finally ended. Hey, how <laughs> close were you to the end? Uh, uh, we were probably about three quarters of the way through, wouldn't you say? Yeah. 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 And it just kind of had like a. It was like the the third Lord of the Rings movie where it was just like, oh shit! Well, I thought this movie was over, but uh, we got thirty more minutes to go. <laughs> that's that Tomb Raider movie or game. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, did you see tomorrow? Uh, Andy Circus is going to be reading The Hobbit. Oh no way! Yeah, he's going to be doing a live stream, I guess, for like charity. He's going to be reading The Hobbit from cover to cover, taking a uh, oh, wow. cue out of a uh, Patrick Stewart's playbook, huh? I guess. He's yeah. Hey, did you see that Parks and Rec episode we were talking about on last week? Sure did. Episode? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. What'd you think about that? Uh, man, it was so nice. I, I, they were working with what they had, right? Like, uh, it's 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 not going to be remembered as like a real. Parks and Rec episode, but it was fun to see all the characters again. But man, it was uh, 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 to quote Batman, it wasn't the episode we deserved, but it was the episode we needed right now. Yeah, well, here's the thing that I'm going to give them is that where all these other shows are doing like little reunion table reads, yeah, they at least tried to make a show out of yes. it instead of it just being a table read. Yeah, uh, so that's that's nice. Hopefully, we'll see some more of that. Well, yeah, you it did. It made me realize how much I miss those characters right? and how much I really love that show. Mm-hmm. Did everybody come back? Uh, pretty much everybody, yeah. And then a lot of the side characters as well that uh, made little cameos, oh. which is, I like how they John kind Ralphio. of uh, sprinkled them in. Yeah. Oh, John Ralphio. John Ralphio, I, Dennis I Feinstein. John Ralphio. <laughs> I love John Ralphio. Oh, yeah. No, Craig, though. We were disappointed uh, they couldn't get uh, Craig back. Oh. Uh, Purd. <laughs> Purd. Purd. Purd was there. 
heard was heard. Oh Speaking God. of doing table reads, Joe, I saw you posted today about uh, Community. Uh, yes. It's going to do one of those as well. We've started yeah, watching right. that now that it's on Netflix about halfway through the first season. And uh, yeah, uh-huh. I see what all the fuss was about. Fun it's show, so man. good. It's a fantastic. It's so good. It's no parks it's and so rec. Funny, but it's when great. you've gone through all of those in the office, uh, it's, it's a it's a sloppy second. I think as you get further along the line, you're going to start changing your tune on that. Oh, I yeah? think you're going to you're going you're going to put it up there with those. All right. Nice. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's just that in this first season, they're starting to try to figure out like everybody's dynamic and the chemistry and stuff. As and, with every show. You know, figure out like what's working what isn't working yeah uh and then you know start distancing everybody from chevy chase (laughs) yes yeah when does he when does he finally get the boot from that show so that i don't get attached to his character not that i Uh, am anyway not until like season six season five or season wow he made it that far it's like a record yeah he he made it a while how many seasons were there i was like because i fell off i feel like like five or six there's seven maybe yeah I gotta go finish yeah. that. I gotta go yeah, finish it's that. it's it's some fun stuff. Um, yeah, no, that was that was a fun conversation. <laughs> your, your your wife texting us and like telling Sarah, you you and Allison Bree look so much alike. Oh my god, we, we can't watch an episode without her like pausing and rewinding me. I'm like, look, look, look at the nose. Look at look at what she does with her nose. That's fucking Sarah. <laughs> She's not wrong. I know. I know this. I tell. I've told Sarah before. I'm like, you know, Allison Bree looks like you. She kind of looks like you. <laughs> so how about we get into this? There we go. It's the uh, the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. It's Tess. Come to talk about- oh, Tess, it's Tess. Yeah. Hi, Tess. Hey. <laughs> I up? didn't see you there. Hi. Wow, that's racist. That's <laughs> where we come to talk about movies. Turn the lights on in that room there, Tess. Sometimes oh, they're good movies, God. sometimes they're bad oh, movies, God. no matter what the case. <laughs> Every week we will watch a movie and also, uh, without fail, be racist oh, with, sure. with our friends. <laughs> it's right there in the bio. Every we, week. We, we, every week. We never fail. Uh, we invite you to take part in the discussion. Go to Facebook.com slash Editing Bay or in the search bar at uh, on Facebook. Put in the Editing Bay. Find the image of the one with the bleeding eyes. Click on that. And that's where you could uh, find us at our home. Talk back to us. Let us know what you think about the movie of the week. And if you have ideas for movies for us to watch in the future, you can go ahead and put your suggestions there. Hey, um, I know you said you weren't interested in playing any Kingdom Hearts games, but what about uh, the Spider-Man one? Do you have the Spider-Man one? We do, and I tell you, Jen has been oh, kicking okay. ass at that. She's been, uh, I, anytime, I've been having to work on some some projects, and when she has some downtime, and uh, she doesn't want to play a game that we're playing together, a la Tomb Raider or Uncharted, so she'll uh, sure. pop in that Spider-Man game, and uh, I'll, I'll walk through the room and see it, and man, is it impressive looking, and she's gotten really good at it, uh, so yeah. she's kind of filling me in on the story, uh, what's going okay. on, but yeah, really impressive, right. why do you ask? Well, since well, since I got the, uh, the PS4 again, mm-hmm. uh, they had a sale going on, what, like last week or the week before, where it was like, buy two used games, get one free, or something nice. like that, so I, I took advantage of that on some cheapos. Uh, and one of the ones I got was Spider-Man. I was like, oh, I should check and see if Joel and Jenna have that. If not, I'm busy playing these other two. So, you know, maybe they could borrow it. Oh, or whatever. thanks, man. But Had you never it played like it? Got it. Uh, I played it along uh, when it first came out. I played it. Ah. And it's got that thing that um, that Batman Arkham Asylum series has, mm-hmm. like where it's like the battle. But then, like, you can also counter when, like, if someone's going to attack you, you can counter it. And for some reason, I'm really bad at that. Oh, yeah. Like, 
for I don't I don't know why, but like my reaction time when it comes to like noticing someone's about to attack, I'm always really late. Like I don't think I got past the uh, the kingpin fight at the beginning of the game. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, it's like the first the tutorial yeah. boss fight, I'm and I can't sure, get past it. I'm pretty sure we died on that one a couple of times too. But yeah, that's what they're there for. It's when like the auto guns come out. I think that's that's what happened. Mm. It's like some kind of huge guns came out. Oh look at that! Look at your phone. That's right. Nice. Snap, a little, snap a little photo here. Guys, I have to do a, I'm going to cut this part out, but I've got to do a uh, video uh, about me doing a podcast because m- my boss spread the word around at work that um, I do a podcast and uh-huh. weekly people are doing uh, just random employees across uh, because everything is remote now and we're having a, a weekly remote staff meeting uh, and people are doing, uh, Joe's going to do it too. Yeah. Oh, I like your red phone. Is, <laughs> is that the AIDS phone, Joe? Yeah, it is. You got the iPhone AIDS? Um, yeah, but I pooped it out. <laughs> oh god that's not... <laughs> like, oh my god uh but yeah so i've got to make a little video uh, about podcasts so i figured hey as long as like, long as i got you here we'll snap some photos content oh. there we go anyway and edit <laughs> cool <laughs> what were we saying spider-man uh spider-man 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 does and no what we're talking about is our movie of the week yeah which was chosen by joel uh no. and this is a uh, uh, <laughs> this was like a memorial choice. Well, it was supposed to be. <laughs> yes, it was. In memoriam. I mean, technically he was in it. We're talking about uh, <laughs> Irfan Khan, who uh, passed away suddenly and recently um, at the tender Bro. age of 53. Go ahead, Jeff. So the dude shows up in this movie. He gives a very stirring I'm like, performance. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. There's going to be some kind of profound thing where as a father who has lost a son, he's going to talk to these sons who have lost a father, mm-hmm. and they're going to like find some way to kind of connect or whatever, and there'd be some profound scene where as they're getting ready to hit the road, he shows up and he's like, boys, you know, <laughs> you have you have yourselves, you have each other. <laughs> they caught me pissing. <laughs> uh no, but that he would have a talk with them, like, hey, guys, you know, like, you need to put this this petty side, you know, quit fighting with each other because you're all you've got. Mm-hmm. Life is fragile, and right? Life is fragile. Yeah, it's like life. some beautiful, poignant thing. Mm-hmm. No, because yeah. it's a Wes Anderson movie. Well, it Joe, he says it with his, with his eyes, his big bulging eyes, I would argue. <laughs> Dude does have yeah. some intense eyes, man. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. You feel for him. looking through them the entire <laughs> movie. He got animated when his dead son showed up, though. He was like, Bombaka! We're gonna forever! Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Jesus. I don't think we've named uh, the movie that we're talking about this week. It's The Darjeeling Limited, uh, one of Wes Anderson's. Uh, how many films have he made? Like nine films now? I think it's uh, rated the lowest, which is partly why uh, I chose it, because, you know, this uh. is the editing bay. Uh, but also because, uh, yeah, it had yes. Irfan Khan yeah. in it. I thought maybe he'd had at least one line. Where we could talk I about his performance. I've seen this movie before. So yeah, I was, I was like, hoping he. <laughs> I was like, why did you pick this? <laughs> this was. I picked it because his tribute. Because when you go to his uh, IMDb page, you know, you get the obvious choices, right? You get Life of Pi, you get uh, a Slumdog Millionaire, you get Jurassic World, and then uh, yeah. right there on uh, number four was uh, Darjeeling Limited. So I was like, all right, let's let's give it. Well, actually, it wasn't number four. But the, the other ones were actual Indian films. But uh, the other English-speaking oh. one was uh, Darjeeling Limited. I know this is the lowest rated of Wes Anderson's films, but um, there's uh, lots of enjoyment to be derived from it. What say and you? you know what? I'm not going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot about the movie that I did enjoy, yep. but but one of those things was not the story, oh. the plot. 
Like, I felt like it was like, these are the most unlikable characters and you understand why they're very unlikable because their yeah. parents were not present. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, geez, their, their mother splits on them when they finally find her. She's awful. She leaves. Awful. And then like, You've got these three guys, though, that when push comes to shove and these children are in danger, they they try to save them. And the thing is, there's nothing in their DNA of how they were raised that would suggest that that's the way they would react in that situation. It does. It's seem... Wes Anderson having his cake and eating it, too. It's a little uh, reverse engineering, right? In order for them to have that funeral scene to mirror what they went through with the father that they then flash mm-hmm. back to. Uh, we have to uh, yes introduce some conflict somewhere and uh, have yeah. them seem some some Ephron conflict. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my god! There you go. There's you the went, best of clip. <laughs> oh my god! You went there. <laughs> but I mean, from I understand what you mean about like the story not being the greatest, but the idea or what they're what he what he wanted to do, he wanted to make it be a bonding story about siblings yeah. and how they were supposed to go through understanding that they didn't really need their parents yeah so mm-hmm. i mean and that's why like with the mother to a degree you can sympathize a little bit because of the fact she did also lose her husband the year before she didn't even go, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't even go. She didn't like, even go to the funeral yeah no and she didn't but it's like now she's off doing whatever she wanted to do and it's kind of like all right and i guess in her own way she was teaching the, i mean not in a good it wasn't a good lesson for her to do this at all mm-hmm. but it's like in her own way she's teaching them like you guys should honestly care more about yourselves and being together as like brothers and siblings instead of worrying about like your parents, it's, which is what they initially, I mean, eventually ended up realizing. It's definitely a, a reoccurring theme with Wes Anderson and his films. There's always a dysfunctional family. There's always some, some daddy issues. I was had. about to say, do you think Wes Anderson's really like working out some personal <laughs> stuff in these films? Well, clearly, the reason it's a recurring theme is because, yeah, it's something that's close to him. I, I bet if we, yeah. uh, if we dug a little deeper, we'd find a... Uh, Maybe there's an Irfan Khan in his world. He probably lost a dog and then had to go to an island, and his his <laughs> his family lent him a submarine. <laughs> Just all rolled into one. Yeah, all of them rolled into one. So, okay, my theory. Let's hear it. Uh, Bill Murray is their father, right? Oh, int- okay. That's uh, I like that because I feel like why do you how do you introduce someone like Bill Murray just to be like a nothing character? Like, because it's a Wes Anderson when film. They, He's when got they to have check the, that box. No, but when they have the scene, when they have the scene where um, Angelica Houston tells them like, "Let's work this stuff out," and then we see all the things that are affecting them personally on different cars of a train. Yeah, we got Natalie like Portman, regrets and conflicts. Rita. We see all that, and we do see Bill Murray, mm-hmm. yeah. and I feel like Bill Murray obviously isn't just there to be like some add-in like it's something that people are one of those people is thinking about and so it made me think maybe bill murray wasn't actually there and it was um adrian brody yeah. was kind of like running from the memory of his father he's or the only one to, who sees him that's right yeah, like i kind of felt like there was a little bit going yeah. on there i think he nailed it uh, joe and I and I dug that. I kind of dug, even though even if it isn't the, the case, I kind of dug that he gave us that little bit that we could maybe associate if we chose to. I like that. No, that, that makes sense. I mean, Adrian Brody was the last one who saw him alive, is what he said. In the movie. And Adrian Brody had all of his things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The razor and the glasses. And so I didn't. Wow. He is clearly the one that kept his father closest mm-hmm. of all the brothers. He kept his father closest, uh, mm-hmm. and and the. Uh, uh, the, the what's the Francis character, the mm-hmm. Owen Wilson character, mm-hmm. resented him for that. He resented yeah. that fact. But even he, he even said he's like, you know, you weren't his favorite. You know, you weren't closer to him than the rest of us. But he was. 
-hmm. he was the closest one Mm -hmm. there was also a really fun like visual motif going on in this movie and that's a wes anderson movie anyway like he's quirky and i make fun of him for his symmetrical shots or whatever but the dude does know how to frame a shot he absolutely he's he's really good at at plotting out like a scene and how he's going to visually present it but what i liked is with the characters is that you had like the very basics that like that greek tragedy kind of thing where you had owen wilson who had the the wrap on but it was covering his ears so it was like hear no evil Mm -hmm. and then you had adrian brody who had the glasses when we first see him and it's a see no evil and then the uh the jason schwartzman character had the bushy mustache so it's the say no evil interesting um and so and and he's the writer uh which i thought was like ah this is really interesting and so you saw in those those motifs the the, those themes came into play a little bit throughout the course of the movie which i thought was really neat you know i i on the surface this movie might lose you um and and when you kind of take the time to dive in a little deeper and i may have been diving a little little too i don't think so man i think you nailed it i think you did too because you enjoyed what i found you definitely found some stuff that like I didn't see. Or like the one thing that I saw along those lines was at the end where they're running and they're like, "We're not uh, Dad's luggage; it's not going to make it." So yeah. they all just leave they it abandoned. Mm-hmm. They like, let oh, it go. They're, they're letting the baggage go. And yes. I was like, "Oh, that was the one thing that I saw." Letting I, go of that emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's I was like, that's amazing. That's great." And I mean, it was great also for me because I mean, I have two older brothers and we've been now like taking more trips and stuff lately. So oh, yeah. Like, in this movie it was like oh man this is exactly well not exactly how we are on trips because <laughs> we don't we don't fight like they do but yeah. like at the beginning where they're trying to all get along but then eventually when the problems come up that in their lives and then that's when they start drifting away more mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. it's like uh, like seeing that but then eventually seeing them come together at the end and understanding like hey we're brothers and th- and th- we should care more about each other than anything else because that's always been the motto with me and my brothers it's like yeah we love our parents and stuff but it's the siblings we're the ones need to make sure that we're tightened in keep like it that. together that's sure beautiful. yeah okay. uh and so, yeah, I guess I, I've I've kind of tipped my hand a little bit. I didn't dislike this movie. I thought I thought it was a crummy pick to honor the memory of a guy who passed away. <laughs> it was a terrible. What movie. were you chosen? <laughs> what were you chosen, Joe? Of his uh, his probably I probably would have went with like Life of Pi. I think there's enough oh, in there artistically that we could have talked about. I've uh, never seen that either. But that that's w- great. That's like way <laughs> too deep. I didn't want to do something so heavy. I thought uh, we'd get a little quirky. This West was Anderson. Pretty, well, I didn't know it was going to be that movie. way. But yeah. You, this is kind of heavy, yeah. You get Wes Anderson though. Like this is probably the heaviest he's gotten, right? I mean, like it really all, is. Well, ten like bombs deals with some suicide mm, a little bit. The uh, life, of, the life aquatic can get a little serious, but it's mostly yeah. quirky. Yeah. Um, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, <laughs> is surprisingly no. It's surprisingly deep for the kind of movie that it is. It's sure. surprisingly deep. Yeah, it's still um, animated in its heart though. Wes Anderson. Well, what I'm trying to say is like Wes Anderson isn't going to give you a movie full of like dick and fart jokes. True. <laughs> um, but like, I guess with this one, I kind of felt like even though I enjoyed the ride, I felt like there really wasn't enough substance there to justify like an an hour and forty five minute movie. Um, well, that's why it was an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, no, but what what I'm like, it, it just it seemed like what moved and played better for me. And I know I linked it to you guys. Was there was a short film that he made that's kind of like a prologue to this called yeah. Hotel Chevalier? Watched it. Just watched it. And uh, and I thought that that seemed appropriate, and it was nice. It kind of gives you a little bit of a backstory on the Jack character and what it is he's dealing with, and like explains why 
why Natalie Portman just shows up at the end of that movie. Yeah, with, that's like, so random. Yeah. I had no idea she was like only in literally one shot. Like she was, she yeah. she flew to India to film for thirty minutes, and then that mm-hmm. was it. And and I kind of liked that. I liked the scene. I liked what it gave us about the Jack character. What it told us about him and how he. I guess like how he lives and breathes. And I guess after I watched that, I looked up to see like, are there other short films where we learn about Francis, yeah, learn yeah. about Peter, yeah. they learn about the Bill Murray character. Like they should have done, I guess like, mm-hmm. like almost like an MCU of Darjeeling limited where it's like, we kind of get some backstories. Or Tarantino I think, did. I think that, yeah, Tarantino did. I mm-hmm. think having some bits and pieces of hotel Chevalier peppered into Darjeeling limited yeah. would have helped the movie a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Because I don't, we really don't develop the backstory of these characters until like halfway through the movie when we finally get the flashback to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's where we actually kind of get a glimpse and why, not how these characters tick, but why they tick the way that they do. I kind of felt like we got enough of that peppered throughout the film. With And I don't know that their story and their, their characters deserve to have that much more fleshed out. I feel like I, I learned everything I needed to know about uh, why, where they were. There were little clues peppered throughout. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I got to disagree. I think that little short film didn't really add too much. And in fact, there's dialogue that's lifted right from, I mean, at the end when he's, he's writing his new story. Wait, entire... I'm sorry, it didn't, it didn't add too much? No. It didn't, it didn't add to it. Tess, did it add enough for you? Oh, well, I know where we're going here. <laughs> okay, so maybe visually it added something. That, uh... Tess, did, did Hotel Chevalier add anything for you? Oh, it definitely added something for me. It's like, I you. loved it. Yeah. Oh, Natalie man. Portman fresh off of her uh, V for exactly. Vendetta haircut, right? That's what we, that's, we needed that in the movie. I'm not going to lie. Did. We needed that in the movie. If yeah. we had had that, it would have been a much better movie. I don't know, but see, but but when after watching that short film, I'm like, okay, that's pretty much who I thought that character was. You you kind of mm-hmm. figure out that uh, poor Jason Schwartzman's been fucked over by her. His heart's been broken. Uh, yeah. She's been he's toying like, with him. He's like Christian Grey. <laughs> he's just she, like she made him the way oh that my, he is. Oh my god! Oh my god! Listen to our uh, Fifty Shades of Grey episode from uh, a couple of months ago. <laughs> Yeah, right. So Viva no. Vendetta came out in 2005. Yeah, and this uh, came out in 2007. So yeah. still growing yeah. that, that fro back. That's right. But, mm-hmm. See, no, but Hotel, like, the Hotel Chevalier, they should have, they could have put that in the movie and by Tarantino in it. They could have just did his story like that and then and then Francis and also Peter's as well. But what would it have added? added to where there was a little, well, they could have had a little backstory to what was going on with them but and to then what also it? explain, to, to explain why they were going to search for their mother and what happened well they explained that their mother didn't go to the uh didn't go to the funeral but it's like why was that relationship between them the mother and everything so bad i think i think also it would have gone a long way to kind of giving the jason schwartzman character a little bit more uh a little bit more heft because through the course of the movie we kind of get the idea that that peter the adrian brody character Mm -hmm. is kind of more he takes more after his father then we find out when we meet angelica yes. houston we find out that wow mm. owen wilson is totally yeah. his mother's he's son he's doing like, the thing like let's, let's make behave. an agreement he's she's and, uh, and let's order she yep. orders for everybody just mm-hmm. like he does so like he gets a lot of his stuff from mom adrian brody gets a lot of stuff from dad but then jason schwartzman just kind he's, of like he's just out there he's just he's, out there he's, he's just there. he's the yeah he's kind of like the baby or whatever uh yeah, i yeah. call him the baby because he's the shortest one i don't know where he falls <laughs> That's the test. That was me. That was the <laughs> he's the test of the book. Because he's just out there. Because, I mean, after the funeral, remember, they were even like, you, when was the last time you've been to America? And yeah, no one had heard from him. I don't him. know. 
Like, I don't know. Do you also like, wear, so not wear shoes, Tess? Do you walk around barefoot everywhere See, you go? That's, that's the only thing that was different. I was like, <laughs> what the? Every single place he went to, he had yeah. no shoes on it. And he looked like Ringo Starr in this movie as well. Yeah, he did. By the way. He had, the, he had the, the, the Gideon Graves haircut, but with yeah. that bushy mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, I like Jason Schwartzman a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, Damn. one of the first time I ever saw Jason Schwartzman was in the Wes Anderson movie Rushmore. Uh, and right. I thought he was just amazing. He was so good. And I've liked him in everything he's been in, except, you know, it, but I've only seen him in Wes Anderson movies. And Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see the guy do more because he kind of seems to fit just in this one little groove. And even Jason Statham has like kind of ventured out of his comfort zone. But it seems like Jason Schwartzman just kind of stays in that that one little place. Like, honestly, of the three guys that they got to play the leads, I would not have guessed that Jason Schwartzman would have been like, you know, the ass magnet that he is in this movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can just look at an Indian chick on a train, and uh, five minutes later, they're doing just it. Pull her. Like, Not yeah, just an man. Indian, but a, a woman who's got a boyfriend who works with her on the train. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, look, look at him, Joe. It's undeniable. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of which, look at look, the, the casting here. Uh, while they're all fine actors in their own right, you couldn't find three actors that don't look like each other anymore. Than these three, you got but mm-hmm. they had they had something very very um, uh, interesting in common. They had something very interesting in common. Could you guess what it was? The eyes, the noses. They all have Huge weirdly honors. pronounced noses. Pronounced, but totally different. They're all they're totally different. different. No, but they're all like the most unique noses yeah, the, the, in the, Hollywood. But that's not how genetics work. If these people supposed to be brothers, I'm just <laughs> trying to tell you. I know, but they don't even try. Tell me, Joel. Tell me how genetics works. Well, I'm tell just saying, me. why not <laughs> geneticist oh, Joel? Oh, if, if only Owen Wilson had a, a famous brother uh, actor who could also appear and play the part of fucking Owen Wilson's brother. Who he doesn't look like at all. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> but more than Adrian Brody or Jason Schwartzman do. And in fact, they played brothers in uh, the first movie that Wes Anderson did, uh, Bottle Rocket. Right? Bottle Rocket. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not just bring them back? Because Adrian Brody's a better actor, he is. I, I, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> way better. He's. Uh, we're, I was watching this with Jenna, and uh, about halfway through, she was like, "I don't know what it is because he's not an attractive guy." This is her words. No, but there's something striking about him, and I have it's to the agree. Adam Driver effect. It's the Adam it Driver is, effect. Yeah, yeah. He's not a very good looking guy, but, but like intense. there's something about him that you're like, "Oh yes." <laughs> oh, you, what does John Oliver say? You sexy tree, you sexy, you sexy bear tree. Mm. Uh, no, just so came a little. That, that's what that, a little. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> uh, no, so I um, but for the most part, I enjoyed the ride. It's not my yeah. favorite Wes Anderson movie. But it was a pleasant surprise. I'd heard so many bad things about this. They're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's the worst Wes Anderson film." I don't know. If, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think it's. I don't think it's bad in any way. I don't. Rec- I don't regret watching it. I just. I have a hard time. I don't know quite where to place it, but I'm not sure I would put it at the bottom. What is? Uh, do you know what is at the bottom and the top of uh, Wes Anderson's? Uh... Of what I've watched. Yeah. <sighs> you, you missing a few? I am. I'm missing a couple of them. We still haven't seen Isle of Dogs yet. Oh, you haven't? Isle of Dogs is good. Yeah, I hear that. Isle of Dogs is really good. Um, I think I've seen all the Honestly, others. and I think it's because like it's like that weird first love effect, but I think I would put Rushmore at the top. Really? I love Rushmore. People like I that. I love that movie. Um, but you talked about Bottle Rocket earlier. Yeah. I think I'd probably put Bottle Rocket uh, uh, close to the top, too. I'd, really? Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I have a, mm. a soft spot for uh, Steve Zissou and the Life Aquatic. Yeah. Even yeah, though I understand it's not his best, but for some reason that one really spoke to me. And that's what that I one felt like it worked in a way that maybe some of these other because a Wes Anderson film always has, you know, a big ensemble cast, uh, usually mm-hmm. a lot of the same cast members. Uh, Dude. Ah, and then Moonrise Kingdom is good. That's a pretty that's a pretty strong one, too, but it's still yeah. not top for me. I got to tell you, though, uh, I think my favorite is uh, 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 Grand Budapest Hotel. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that one. That may wow. shoot to the top of your list, Joe. That one, uh, hmm. I, I think, um, in much the same way that I said The Gentleman was Guy Ritchie's kind of uh, a magnum opus. Uh, I kind of feel the same way about that one. All the stuff that he was leading up to, all the things he's learned and uh, experimented mm-hmm. with in his previous films – just yeah. worked in that film. Very sentimental. Uh, one thing you could say about all of his films is they all have. Heart. You know what the American Express card commercial? That's his first <laughs> with, with the doves. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah, definitely at the bottom. Definitely at the bottom. No, well, I think for me it has to be the Royal Tenon Moms because it's your favorite. That and yeah, that and Dar Dar Darjeeling Limited. Limited. <laughs> I, I could not say this Easy for you to the say. entire time, bro. Yeah. You haven't seen the Royal Tenon Bombs. You yes, just look up IMDb that's, and you pick a random movie. I'm literally, I'm shut. Up. I hate you so much. I'm literally looking at all of them right now, and I'm like, yeah, the only one I've actually, funny. I can look the at only one I've actually he's looking at a list. I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking at a list right now. I'm you can see list. the light in your face. The Grand Budapest, Moonrise Kingdom. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, they're here. I was like, you were saying all those movies? I was like, yeah, yeah. they're on this list. Okay. But I've only seen the Royal Tenenbaums and the Darjeeling Limited now. So, oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, Ask check out Grand Royal Budapest Tenenbaum. Hotel. I think you'll like that one. Yeah. Okay. I'm, hold on. And, and Fantastic will, Mr. Fox. I think you'll like that I, one. I will do that. That's on my homework list to do. <laughs> but after you watch American, American Ninja, Ninja 2 and, one, 3. and American Ninja 2. There you go. Yeah, it's right, it's right there on my homework list. <laughs> At the top, yeah, dude, it's it's tough because like I, I have a lot of like looking at his list. I'm looking at it just like tested, um, uh, looking at the list. Like there's a lot of movies that I like kind of at the same level. Yeah, but I can't really like there isn't one that I'm like oh that was just god awful. Yeah, I just I just didn't dig it. So his his track record is really good, which is impressive for someone whose career has spanned what like thirty years now. Yeah, well, twenty ish. When when did Bottle Rocket come out? Like ninety three. Ninety three. Whoa, yeah, we're coming on it. Wow, he doesn't look that old. He still looks the, no. the same. He's got his scarf. He looks like Beck. I was describing him to. Doesn't <laughs> it look like Beck's brother? Two turntables and a microphone. That's right. Where is that? <laughs> one of the best. I think. Yeah, one of the best shows I ever went to. It was. Um, but Beck. Yeah, uh, I saw Beck at the Gypsy Tea Room, and what happened? Like, I remember that he he had finished. Did you go to that one? No, I'm, I remember the Gypsy Tea Room when it was still a okay. thing. Okay. Oh, okay. So like Beck finished his tour and like was flying through Dallas to get back to wherever the hell he was going and they announced like a surprise show they're like hey beck's doing a surprise show at the gypsy tea room tickets just went on sale five bucks uh standing like it's all general admission five dollars and i got I, I like i bought a few tickets got some for me some friends went to the gypsy tea room and like they went to like guitar center and bought all their <laughs> instruments the day of oh that's cool and, like yeah yeah, like they they bought all their instruments. They got like they went to I guess Party City and got costumes <laughs> and were just like wearing costumes. Best show, man! Like yeah. every like every great Beck tune, just back to back to back to back to back. It was amazing. It was so good. Yeah, he's quite the auteur, and yeah. now he's doing the uh, soundtrack to Lego movies. 
Apparently. It's the uh, the Beck portion of I our I didn't know you guys lo- I didn't know you guys love Beck so much. I just saw him in the Futurama episode yesterday. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one where Bender gets his body messed up, <laughs> so Beck gives him. Oh that's that's my only reference for Beck. That I. <laughs> <laughs> oh Tess. So yeah. Oh my god. Well, Joe, you were talking earlier about uh, how all of Wes Anderson's movies uh, have have something in common. We're talking about the cast, a lot of the same cast. You were talking earlier about the camera work, and uh, yeah, that is certainly on display here, not only with his framing, but uh, just the way that he moves. He's got that signature kind of whip pan effect that he does, which... Mm -hmm. um, The establish, and then the whip pan Mm -hmm. somewhere... Which I felt it, like, like I felt like he was overdoing that maybe a bit too much in this film. I thought I feel like he used it a little more sparingly in some of his <sighs> other films, and this one was like every single shot. Now, to be fair, he was in a cramped train for fifty percent of the movie, and yeah. there's only so many things you can do. But one thing I do admire about it is um, it basically replaces a, a cut and edit yes. what any other f- exactly. uh, movie maker would do. Instead, he lets the scene play out, and I think it worked most effectively. Um, after the funeral, or, uh, when they're waiting for the bus, when they're waiting for the bus, yep. and he literally does like a, a three sixty, but it's it's done in quadrants, and you've got uh-huh. them on the left, and you've got the bus coming in front, and then you've got the kid on the right, and you've got the family mm-hmm. coming, and every time he comes around, they're coming closer and closer, and there's more of them. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was really and effective. that's where I thought we were going to get the profound moment with, with Irfan Khan. Khan. Yeah, that, where he that says, was we're it, get the man. Profound moment it, where he's like, yeah, he he lives in you. Him. It was in the eyes. That was like, it. Give us free. Uh, and, and they don't. They didn't give us that at all. They didn't no. give us like, free at all. Get on the bus. Get on the bus. Get on the bus and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Because he didn't come he didn't come into this movie until the fifty one minute mark. I <laughs> checked. I of a ninety minute like, movie. I was looking for him the whole time. I was like, "This is supposed to. This is supposed to be honoring him." And I was watching it with Luigi. He's like, "So where's the guy that, uh, that, that you guys are watching this for?" He kept asking. I was like, "I promise, he's in this movie. He's somewhere." And yet, and yet, even though he doesn't have a lot of lines, still an effective performance, man. I got a, I got a little choked up uh, and when uh, after the funeral, he's there in the water, and they're all kind and of doing their up. ceremony, and he and he passes out just from. Uh, yeah. From grief. I thought it was most touching where he's washing his it's son's a, body yeah. before the funeral. Yeah. Like that got that actually got me yeah. kind of emotional. Yeah. Like I was like, wow, dude, that's that's hard. Like that that's really tough. I did not expect to be as emotionally moved in this film uh, as as I was. I, I appreciated the themes and I liked what they did with it. Neither yeah. did I. It was it was going one way, then literally out of nowhere, they're they're with these kids and yeah. a kid dies and I was like oh my god shit did get dark pretty quickly yeah. did we need did we need all three brothers or could they have melded some characters together could they have merged some people um it, 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 for an economy of uh, storytelling is that what you mean I, well I feel like the fact that there's three brothers only served to like to to help facilitate the division. That like building factions, like Owen Wilson even says, like no building factions between, like, and it seemed like that was the only reason why three brothers exist because Owen Wilson seemed to be a very distinct, and we've talked about this already, but I keep coming back to it because spoiler alert, this is going to be my big critique of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It seemed like Owen Wilson was a very fleshed out and deliberate character. Mm -hmm. Adrian Brody was a very fleshed out and deliberate character, but Jason Schwartzman was just kind of there. He was just kind of along for the ride. Uh, and I had a hard time while watching this movie reconciling and justifying his character. Hmm. That's the baby brother effect. 
I'm telling yeah, you. That's I, why I just, that that's why I'm there just, needed there needed to be three because if if there was just the two of them, they would have just been arguing back and forth just you're right. between just between them. So instead but, of getting maced in the face by their little brothers. Exactly. <laughs> I do love he, that. Exa- exactly. Because at the end of the day, he ended, <laughs> he ended up being the one they chased after. So it's like they came together in that sense right there. I'm going to mace you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but, it, but no, it's also be, it's also because like you notice he was, he was the character who they confided stuff that they knew they couldn't tell the other one. Mm-hmm. Like he yes. told him about having a baby that was coming. I agree. He yeah. told him, he told him about, about uh, getting into the accident and there needed to be three of them so that they could tell someone else, the other yeah. one no. that they could. Yeah, absolutely. Because it would have been weird. Otherwise, if it were just like the two of them and it would turn into like a, a road movie, you know, like with uh, yeah. Jack Lemon and uh, Walter Matthau. And then, and then you're <laughs> right. Is that just... where you went? Why did you go with those two? It could have been like couple. Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. They had their movie. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. It, it could have been Barbara Streisand and 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 uh, uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. <laughs> That's yeah. right. The guilt trip. Listen to our guilt trip episode <laughs> from a couple years ago. You ever see that one, Tess? Yeah, I did. I like that. You oh. did. <laughs> I think he's saying that just so that you won't make him watch it. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Yeah, Which, if that's, that's true, it. that is a good strategy want, because like, you don't want to see that. Don't, movie. Don't, make me, don't make me watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. man. You ever seen American oh. Ninja? Fo- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all of them. All of them. All of them. Like, don't you lie to me, Every bitch. single one. Man. They don't were, you lie. They were great. I well, mean, they were okay. Part six is my favorite. <laughs> Who was the main ninja in part seven? <laughs> uh, Trick question. There were two. Uh, Which one? Yeah. <laughs> that one guy from... The third one and the first one. So, so yeah, well, Joel was right. That was a trick question. There is no seven yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so what else about this? I, I, like I said yesterday, I didn't take any notes. I just, I didn't either. I just took kind of watched it. I yeah, I just pre- took the ride. I was prepared to, but uh, yeah, I kind of got sucked into it and uh, didn't 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 need to take notes. It, yeah. It, it, oh, you know what? I didn't I didn't do this. Mm. Uh, the budget for this movie was seventeen point five million dollars. Mm. Wow. Box office, it brought in thirty five million. All right, that sounds but, about right. Yeah, not huge. That's not low huge. for a Wes Anderson film. Now, now, what? I wonder why that is. What did this film uh, <laughs> come after? No, I mean, as far as the order of his, I'm look him up. Of Wes Anderson's films, like what did this well, follow? This was like the third movie. It followed Rushmore and no. the Royal Tenenbaums and, and Bottle Rocket. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom was twelve. Darjeeling was two thousand seven. Oh, The Life Aquatic. Oh, did this follow The Life Aquatic? Yes, yeah, so it, it was Royal Tenen Rushmore, Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, Royal Life Tenenbaums. Aquatic. And then after this, oh, and the American Express, and the American, <laughs> of course, the American Express. So yeah, that makes sense because everybody loves the Royal Tenenbaums, and then I yeah. think people were kind of lukewarm on the Life Aquatic, even though it still made a lot of money. So I think maybe it just it was just the Life Aquatic is such a weird acquired it's, taste. It's quirky, like yeah, and, people and were just Wes like Anderson. kind of turned off by it because it, it, the way like the way it moved and the way it presented the story, it was very it is as Wes Anderson-y as a Wes Anderson oh, yeah. movie can get. Yeah. Um, so I can understand like the reaction to it. I don't think it's fair, but I can understand the reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, yeah, this comes out afterwards and people have been burned by life aquatic or so they think. And, uh, yeah. Hence the Mm -hmm. 30 million, uh, box office pull. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Sometimes you got to okay. be knocked down to uh, to, to get up again. Start off small. That's right. I, I do I appreciate take a whiskey it. drink. You're take a vodka drink. Down. You're never going to keep him down. Get up again. <laughs> Tess, you're the only person I've ever seen to headbang to that song. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I felt I didn't know what to do with my head, man. I felt like Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Specifically to test, because I feel like the music was characteristic of most Wes Anderson movies. Um, a little bit more of like a, a French Indian flair, but um, yeah. but it was it. it was scored pretty well. And the fact that they used my favorite Rolling Stone song. Uh, oh, yeah, is it? Kind of, yeah. Well, you mm-hmm. came to see... You came to see um, uh, "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest," sure and did. the the pre-show, the pre-show music were songs picked by the cast. We all picked like we put like two songs that we felt like kind of summed up our characters and gave them to the sound designer, and then he made like a pre-show loop uh, based on it. And one of the songs was the Rolling Stones' "Play with Fire," which was mine for McMurphy. I was like, "That's a good, it's a good song for McMurphy." So when it pops up in this movie, I was like, oh, all right. Somebody else can can respect this song. Uh, and I thought that it was very it was very appropriate for the moment. It was appropriate for the characters. Uh, it, and the thing was, it was one of those it was one of those songs that kind of spoke to every character in the scene. Um, not just the boys and their mom, but everybody as they kind of went through. And and so even Brendan, the assistant character. Oh, we haven't talked about him. I love him. <laughs> I love, I love him so much, man. So what? What is wrong with you? Yeah. I have alopecia. So, is that like an albino thing? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, he's got him there on the tree. I love that. Like we're introduced to him only uh, by. Owen Wilson speaking about him. Like my, my assistant Brennan, he's typed up the itinerary. You'll never see him. He's on a train. He's on a we cart in the back of the train. And then like the next scene, there he is. And get in here. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can get a power adapter from this guy. <laughs> I did. I, I love that though. I loved the, um, and, and I, with Wes Anderson movies, there are scenes that you see that you feel like this must be the first thing he thought of and then kind of built the whole movie around it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like all those people and all the conflicts in the different train cars, I was like, he must have thought of that first and kind of built this around it. That's right, because uh, Brendan's in one of the cars, isn't he? Yes, yeah, he at the is. End. It's a it's a good powerful scene. It's a good scene. It's a it's a it's a great. It's not a denouement, but it's definitely kind of. a catharsis. It's kind of that that cathartic moment, and it's a great way to present it. And I love that we see we see the guy who worked on the Darjeeling Limited train, and he's got the snake. Yes, he kept been, it. He's been taking care of the it. poisonous snake. That was, good. <laughs> that was nice to know he didn't kill it. I <laughs> liked him, and I really wish we could have gotten more of him because that actor was really good. I thought yeah. we would see more, uh, or, and at least learn more about he and uh, and Sweet Lime Rita, who uh, yeah. Jason Schwartzman beds at the beginning of the film. But uh, no, and and maybe it's left to the imagination. You know, that we're to assume that he ends up not maybe with her, but with somebody like her. That he's he's moved on from the Natalie Portmans of the world, and uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know because the way that the ending goes, it kind of suggests that he's still kind of hung up on it. Because mm-hmm. we get that, like, I promise I'll never be your friend. Uh, like that, that whole bit, well, like the discussion that they have. Yeah, but that's but that that's a that's direct before. mirror to the Natalie Portman because that's the same conversation they have in the same conversation Hotel they have. That's what I'm saying. Chevalier, yeah, in Hotel Chevalier. There you go. Um, 
No, I, I, I know. I, and I just kind of feel like if he's going to go back now and revisit all this and write a book about it, he's not over it, but he might be in the process of, of I, healing. I read that, that that was part of his closure. Like that's the way that he, he moves well, on. That's and huge, he, he Joel. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you see things your way. <laughs> <laughs> that's what great artists do, Joe. <laughs> there are no wrong answers except, that's right. except some answers are more right than others it's animal farm well that's true that's true quoting orwell of course i loved him surprising no one yeah <laughs> um, the, the guy that mork talks to at the end of every mork <laughs> episode or orwin wells one of my favorite film directors <laughs> Rosebud. <laughs> oh man! No. Uh, so, uh, would you recommend the Darjeeling Limited? Uh, I think so, but I have to say with the caveat that uh, you have to like Wes Anderson films because mm-hmm. uh, if, if this is your introduction to Wes Anderson film, I don't think I can I can recommend it. <laughs> As what I look is, over at Jenna, what, what do you think? Jenna, this best... was her first Wes Anderson film. What's the best introductory <laughs> film? Um. Maybe Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying that so that I don't have to explain myself because you haven't seen it. I'm looking forward to seeing <laughs> Getting it. out of that answer completely. <laughs> no, uh, that's pretty palatable, and it's not so beat you over the head. I liked Moonrise Kingdom, but I thought it was a little a little heavy-handed, maybe a little obvious with where the story mm-hmm. was going. And I didn't yeah. really feel like it had as much to say as maybe Grand Budapest, Budapest Hotel or uh, Royal Tenenbaums even. I still oh, Tess, yeah. by the way, yeah. Joel's been to Budapest. And that's probably oh. why. That's probably why he. So I got engaged. It so much. Just oh, shortly makes a lot. Of, makes a lot of sense now. It's just a three oh. years ago this month that I got engaged. Congratulations! Oh, we can congratulations! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very happy for you guys. <laughs> no, I'm see. I'm being sincere. No, it's just late. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just late. But I'm very sincere about that. Um, okay, so uh, Tess, would you recommend this? Yes, but with the caveat. Oh God! Of, <laughs> yeah, you don't get to yeah. have a caveat. I have to, man. I got, I got to piggyback off of Joel. That's my you caveat. Get to use the word like condition. <laughs> you have to say condition. Why, why can't I have fancy words like caveat? You can have caveat. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. It's little fish eggs, so, right? Under the one caveat that <laughs> that I would tell you, if you have siblings, this is a this is a movie that if you guys watch, not watch it together, but just that relationship between the siblings, it's kind of cool to see. So other than that, like, I wouldn't just say go and watch this movie out of the door. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was it was a pleasant surprise. That's yeah. what oh, I, will, I will say this what this movie was, though. I, uh, I would absolutely recommend it as well. Um, not with any conditions. I kind of feel like that. No caveats it, for you, you? No, no conditions. No caveats. <laughs> No, no quid pro quo. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think that this movie can stand on its own two feet. I just think that uh, you have to have uh, a, a pretty, I don't know, a pretty decent emotional maturity to kind of understand what's going on, what's at play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it, if you can enjoy movies that aren't just dick and fart jokes or just superheroes, you can follow this one pretty well. And there's a pretty good story that's being told here. Well, albeit I think a little inflated, uh, it just to me, and I guess it's just me in the way that I digest these kind of films. I just kind of feel like uh, this probably would have made a better short film than a feature. Uh, but I liked it. 
I, I like it and I, I recommend it. So what did the Darjeeling Limited do right? Uh, I like the uh, the setting. I I don't know what it is about Wes Anderson. Obviously, he's obsessed with Indian people. He's had that one guy in all of his movies uh, mm. since Bottle Rocket, who even uh, makes a little cameo. Uh, he's in one of the other uh, train cars. I don't know what that guy's name. You know what I'm talking about. Deep Roy. Deep no. Is that Deep Roy? <laughs> no, stop. it's not Deep Roy. <laughs> he was the Oompa Loompa from the, uh, Charlie, <laughs> the Chocolate Factory movies. No, what is that guy's name? Who was that best man? If you've well, seen a Wes Anderson film, you've seen that guy. He's in all of them. Uh, oh, Kumar Palana. There you go. Ah, Harold and Kumar. There you go. Ah, I love uh, those guys. But he's, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but his, his obsession with that culture is on full display here. And I think the setting is beautiful. I, it's, um, if, if the film does nothing else, if you don't like the characters, you don't like the story, it's at least as close to India as I will probably ever get. Um, <laughs> and kind of really puts you in that culture. It doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. You know, it's not a, a, a tourism video where they're only just kind of showing you the highlights. Um, sure. It, it, it puts you in that culture. And what better way uh, to, to have an avatar than these three white dudes? Like, that's exactly how I would feel being in that country. <laughs> so I appreciated the setting. Gotcha. Tess, what did this movie do right? I like the casting, actually. I like the different characters, though. Because the brothers, to me, they actually had a good relationship together. Like, I liked how they all acted together. Brody, um, Owen Wilson, and also uh, Schwartzman. And and also, the having characters like Bill Murray be in it for only a couple of scenes, and also Natalie Portman at the end, that's kind of that was cool in the sense that they were able to do that, and we were able to see them, but it sucked that we didn't get more of it. So I guess that kind of goes into, I mean, to what I didn't like a little bit of it, but that's a little early, though. Yeah, um, I uh, I think what the the movie did right in in I think it's something that you're going to be familiar with the more you watch Wes Anderson movies. I just think the visuals, I think mm -hmm. the just the way that this film is shot, I think is just it's gorgeous. Like it's like Wes Anderson kind of keys in on foreign film style, mm -hmm. and and he nails it. He's he is so good at capturing that. I don't. I don't even know how to describe it, but there, there is just a sensibility, a film sensibility that, like, that Europeans have, that like that American films, by and large, don't have. Like, you you don't see from American filmmakers, uh, and it's like it's one part like letting a, a moment breathe, mm. but then also kind of using that moment to to world build and also develop characterizations and stuff. It's just really impressive and. I think that sometimes I resent Wes Anderson because he's able to just like instinctively like key into things that are going to build a moment that I would have never thought of. Uh, so just visually, the way he constructs his scenes and his stories, uh, I think is just genius. Um, that's what I think this movie did right. What did it do wrong? Uh, on that same line, if you're not familiar with Wes Anderson, you haven't seen a lot of his films, or, or maybe you have, um, you like I said earlier, you either like his style or you don't. And uh, there's a part of me who, while I appreciate all of his films and I appreciate his style and what he's trying to do, uh, he's he's certainly carved out a little a little niche for himself. Um, it's just this side of hipster pretentious, though. You know what I mean? Like, and oh, yeah, if, I if see he, that. If mm -hmm. his characters weren't as likable and fun as they are, uh, and if his stories weren't kind of as touching as they were, I could find myself being really. Uh, put off 
by mm-hmm. you know the camera work that he's doing and just, everything is so fucking quirky like everybody has to have a quirk about him and and he doesn't overdo it usually i feel like the royal tenenbaums is and maybe that's why that's not my favorite because royal tenenbaums doesn't overdo it yeah yeah oh look ben stiller's got two sons and they wear the same tracksuit that he wears <laughs> like it's not believable like at that point they're mm-hmm. no longer characters they're caricatures and uh, yeah. i i didn't feel that about this film but it's just the side of that Okay. What did it do wrong, Tess? Uh, it could have gone a little bit more into some of their characters. Mm-hmm. After seeing, like, Hotel Chevalier, it would have been cool to understand why Francis, like, seeing Francis actually get into the accident a little bit, or maybe after the accident, and then also see Peter a little bit more. Just go a little bit more into the brothers, and we should have also gotten more of uh, Natalie Portman, actually, in the movie. <laughs> <That was laughs> yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, I think I, I mentioned that before. Just uh, it, it lacked for me. It lacked an equal amount of subtext. I think for everybody, um, and uh, and and because of that, like I felt like it was again uh, not as not as finely tuned as it could have been. Um, all right. So if we were going to remake uh, the Darjeeling Limited today, how would we do that? Uh-huh. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. I don't think I have that many. Um, I, I've uh, you've got seven tests. Uh, I've recast with another uh, cast from another TV show, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I've got about six, maybe seven. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, I have a I have an entire theme. You've got a theme as well. Oh um, yeah, I've got an entire theme, and oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right off the bat that it's because uh, Jojo Rabbit had Ooh. so many moments that like kind of made me feel like Wes Anderson kind of like a Moonrise Kingdom kind of feel to it Um, kids and everything yeah and so I I went with Taika Waititi uh, as my director nice and uh, and so just really quick I'm just gonna go through here yeah do it Um, my mother character gonna be played by Kate Blanchett who uh, who we had in uh, in Thor Ragnarok this is mostly a a Thor Ragnarok cast Um, the businessman who was the Bill Murray character would be played by Jeff Goldblum uh, the father, played by Ephraim Khan, would be Idris Elba. <laughs> uh, Brendan, the assistant, would be played by Carl Urban. Uh, Lime Rita, <laughs> sweet Lime Rita, yeah. would be played by Tessa Thompson. And then our oh. three brothers, um, the Owen Wilson Francis character, would be played by Mark Ruffalo. The uh, Jason Schwartzman Jack character would be played by Chris Hemsworth. And Peter, the Adrian Brody character, played by Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I like that. All right. Very nice. Okay. Uh, well, uh, let me go ahead and go through my theme then, since we're doing our themes here. I went with the uh, cast of Silicon Valley, if you're watching HBO. Mm-hmm. I know that show's no longer on. It was a great show, uh, and a lot of the actors coming out of that show have uh, gone on to do great things. And uh, so, my and luckily, re- you have an Indian character. And I do. Can... So we'll start with him. Come on, Johnny. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and have him play the Irfan Khan role, because you know he's old enough to be a father now. There's no Baby age. Superman. That's right. Yes. Uh, for um, uh, the Jason Schwartzman character, how about Martin Starr? Love it. In that character. Uh, obviously, um, uh, Owen Wilson will do uh, Thomas Middleditch, right? Is that who we had, baby? Yeah. And then uh, who did you have for? Oh, and then, of course, Tall tall Jared. What's that actor's name? Uh, Zach Woods would play the uh, Adrian Brody role. And then Amanda Crew can be. Uh, we didn't talk about. Love her. Uh, the, Love her. Uh, yeah, I know you do from uh, Sex Drive. Mm-hmm. Who's who, what's uh, Adrian Brody's baby mama? Alice. There you go, Alice. Thank you. She will be playing Alice, and uh, we'll go with Suzanne Cryer, who plays Lori Bream, who is uh, uh, Amanda Cruz's boss. 
on Silicon Valley, she would be uh, the Angelica Houston role. Gotcha. There you go. That's good. That's good. Nice. All well, right, Tess. I didn't, have, I didn't have a theme. I was all over the place. <laughs> so for my Alice character, because I did actually watch Jojo Rabbit right before watching this, ah. I will I will with Scarlett Johansson for that character. Nice. And next for the Brendan character, I went with Paul Rust. He's uh the, he's the main character in I Love You, Beth Cooper. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that movie. And also the show Love on Netflix, if you've ever seen that. Mm-mm. No. He's the rusty character. Well, add to that guy. Strike two. Uh, <laughs> the next, got, uh, I love you. Beth Cooper has Hayden Panettiere in it. Oh, oh your favorite show. I yeah. love Oh, man. The, I the love Whisperer. Her so much. The Whisperer. Every time she's serious, <laughs> she talks like this. <laughs> and it gets me every time. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> next, uh, for the Chief Steward, I went with. Kunal Nayar, the that's oh, yeah. Raj from, from Big Bang. Yeah. Uh for the Rita character, just because at first glance she looked like her, I went with Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. Okay, character. good. Yeah. Uh, I almost went with Frida Pinto in that character. I know, oh. I almost did too, but I just reused her for something else recently. I didn't want to yeah. see like I don't know, one Indian actress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same. There was a there was a few characters that I was like, I can't do this again. <laughs> I can't do that guy again. Uh next for the uh Jack character, I went with the Jago Lev. Oh <laughs> nice. Just because I love him so much. Uh next for the Peter character, I went with DJ Qualls. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's tall and lengthy. And I felt like Joe would love that. <laughs> would you do kill a cheetah? He's great. <laughs> <laughs> from the road trip yes yeah love it love it and then finally for our francis character i went with ryan riddles nice End it all oh off. interesting i could see that that's good mm-hmm. you Nicely have a director done. no i didn't have a director oh, well, nice my man. director of course mike judge yeah <laughs> mike Ju- of course of course of course uh, mike judge i'll go adam mckay <laughs> okay that's a good one that's yeah. not bad that's not bad guys if you have thoughts on how you would recast this movie or just thoughts about the darjeeling limited uh, in general go ahead and let us know on our facebook page facebook.com slash editing bay or just put editing bay in the search bar on facebook and find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes click on that and uh, that's where you can find us talk back to us let us know what you thought about the movie and if you've got ideas for movies for us to watch in the future you can go ahead and put your suggestions there and we'll add it to the list we've also got a website right joel we sure do it's not the editing bay it's not edit bay it's editingbay.com go there bookmark it anytime you need to find out anything about our little podcast here you're going to find it right there on editingbay.com we've got links to our uh, social media networks your uh, facebook page like joe mentioned well if you can't find us on facebook you don't deserve to be on the internet but if you can't find us on twitter you're going to find that there it's at the editing bay please follow us there uh you'll, you'll get little uh, tidbits there i'll always announce what movies we're doing next uh, so that's at the editing bay on Twitter. Also, uh, you want to support the show? We also have a Patreon page. We'll throw some ducats our way. You can subscribe through our Patreon page at patreon.com/slash editing bay or the editing bay. I can't remember. Um, and uh, what else do we have? That's about it. All things. Uh, what do I say? All that and more on <laughs> editingbay.com. Guys, leave us a rating and a review on your podcasting app. Uh, just leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show, and uh, then make it five stars. Click five stars. It. You know what? Look, even if you've got criticism, make it five star criticism. We're going to be good. If you leave less than five stars, you know what you are. Mm. You're a, you're a shoe shiner that's going to steal one of my loafers. Go get your shine box. Go get your shine box. Wow. <laughs> and then we made the Goodfellas reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I love that. The, I love that part. Where he's like, he took my shoes. Those are three thousand dollars shoes, but he only took one. Yeah. <laughs> he only took one. <laughs> and in the course of this movie, it's been like three days. He couldn't get another pair another of shoes. Shoe right. Yeah. Because it's quirky, Uh, Joe. Oh, man. Mm. All right. So next week, we're going to be joined by my lovely wife, Sarah. Oh. And we'll be be talking about a movie from 2001, uh, a little Anne Hathaway joint called The Princess Diaries. No. Uh, Which I find, I find the timing to be kind of funny because friend of show Ryan from the the Craniacs podcast just started a podcast with his wife this week called uh, Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries, where they go through and talk about like different Disney movies. No way! So, oh, that's awesome. We didn't steal this idea from you, Ryan. (laughs) Sarah already had this in the chamber. But yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll watch that. That's on Disney Plus. Awesome! If nice. you guys have that, so uh, so easy to find. I'm not going to have to download it and put it in the Dropbox for you, <laughs> which I totally don't do. I don't do that. No, no, no. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, join us, won't you? As we go, uh, we take a magical fairy tale journey mm. uh, to some imagine. I can't remember what the it's name like of the kingdom was. Estonia, no. except that's a real country. <laughs> and, and they also use that in in Sino Man. Uh, yeah, so we'll be talking about the Princess Diaries next week. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much, sir. That's good job. Yeah, man. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Guys, we'll catch you next week for the Princess Diaries. Yeah. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.